This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Are you tired of getting slammed by hidden ticket fees? On SeatGeek, the price you see is the price you pay every time. No hidden fees, no surcharges at checkout, ever. Download the SeatGeek app today to start saving. SeatGeek is your ticket to amazing sports ticket deals. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. As always, I'm your host, Shane Told. This podcast is all about me talking to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. Today we have an awesome episode. I speak to Craig Mabbitt of Escape the Fate. He also used to be in Bless the Fall. He started The Word Alive. So it's very interesting. But what's most interesting, I think, about Craig is the amount of times his name seems to get mentioned on this podcast. Like seriously, for a while there, it seemed like every episode Craig's name was coming up. So it's really, really great to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, hear his perspective, hear his stories about all this crazy stuff that happened with him no longer being in Bless the Fall, with him no longer being in The Word Alive, and how he got there to be the front man of a very, very big popular band in Escape the Fate. Before we get into it, as always... I want you guys to get in touch. There's so many ways you can do it. We have a Twitter, at Lead Singer Sin, S-Y-N. We've got an Instagram account, which is at Lead Singer Syndrome. And of course, we've got old-fashioned email, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Also, when you're done this episode, if you're interested in the perspective of some other people, listen to the episode with Bo Boken. Listen to the episode with Telly Smith. They have some very different perspectives and outlooks on kind of what happened. So it's really cool to go back, listen to the old podcasts, and be able to compare. 
And also, while I have you, I always want to remind you about the Amazon affiliate link we have. If you buy anything on Amazon, all you got to do is go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. It takes you right to the Amazon homepage. You log in as normal. And whatever you buy on there, we get 4 to 6%, which is, it can really add up. So please, if you like the show, please give us that support. It means the world. Anyways, let's jump in. Here it is, my conversation with Mr. Craig Mabbitt of Escape the Fate. Hello. Hey, Craig. How's it going, man? It's going good. How are you? Good, dude. Great. What are you up to right now? Dude, I am, uh, I'm chilling in my apartment. Uh, and I... Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're in what city? Uh, today, we're in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I've never been to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah, I actually, uh, actually think I did third grade out here, or fourth grade. Really? You lived there? Yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah, I was a military kid, so yeah, that's that's no, that's nuts. No, I don't think we've ever played there. And uh, I know you were in Erie yesterday. It's funny, we've never played Erie before, but I dated a girl that lived there once. Yeah, for, I think yesterday was our first time playing Erie as well. Yeah, it's funny, man. No, the hilarious thing I remember in Erie when I went there a couple times, they had a sign like a billboard that said, "It's okay to heart Erie." <laughs> Like it's okay. You don't have to shit talk your own city if you live here yeah, or whatever. Dude, I, don't I, I feel know, like man. everybody I ran into yesterday wanted to get out of Erie. Yeah. Like we know. had we had our meet and greet and this girl's like, ah, I gotta get out of Erie and we're parked right next to a McDonald's, which clearly I ordered food from there. <laughs> and the, the girl working there is like, Oh, you're playing right there? Oh, it would be so cool to get out of Erie and I'm like, Oh my god, everybody wants to leave. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean uh, they have like horrible weather too, right? Like right, right on the uh, the lake, they get like the lake effect snow. So it's like yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad yesterday. No, God. dude, in, I'm in Toronto. It's beautiful today. Finally, we've had like nice. a brutal winter, man. But uh, but yeah, no, it's a long weekend here in Canada. They call it May two four because uh, you drink a two four of uh, beers. And uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm going up to a cottage with my buddies. So I'm I'm like, dude, I'm stoked. Yeah, you're living the life right now. Living dude. the life, dude. And you're in Fort Wayne, which uh, apparently is like your, you know, one of your old hometowns, which is random. Yeah, one of them. Okay. Cool, man. Hey, you uh, you want to jump in? Want to start talking? Yeah, let's do it. I guess we already are. We'll probably just put this in the show. Who cares, right? Okay. <laughs> but I haven't talked to you in a while, man. Like since Warp Tour. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. How you been? I've been good, man. Just just doing the dang thing. Um, just got word that we're gonna take the summer off. Well, we have like two festivals. Yeah. But uh, you know, one festival in one month and another festival the other month. That definitely is a lot of time off. That's compared cool. to what I'm used to. Oh, so I'm excited to finally get a summer off and, and work on some new music and planning on moving again back to Phoenix. Yeah, you're. I see this. You got a California number here. Are you out in uh, California now? No, I've, I've had the California number for a couple of years, but right now I'm in uh, Vancouver, Washington. Oh, crazy. Crazy. Which That's is like, like near Portland, 10 right? minutes, Yeah, 10 minutes away from Voodoo Donuts in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> so for a McDonald's reference and a Voodoo Donuts reference, that's, yes. uh, that's good stuff. 
No, uh, well, that's sweet. So, I mean, obviously, you know, not being able to get Voodoo Donuts anymore is going to really suck. But uh, maybe going back to Phoenix will be cool. Like, you got family there and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got family there. So, my little brother's out there. My uncle's out there. Right on. Right on. Cool. That's where I'm from. So, sure, sure. It'll be nice. That's good, man. No, it's funny. um, I'd say your name has been brought up on this podcast probably more than anyone else. That's crazy. It's so crazy. Like, I don't know if your ears are burning or whatever they say happens when people are talking about you. But like, yeah, I mean, I had, well, I had Bo on the show. I had Telly on the show. Um, Ash, Ash Costello on the show like a few weeks ago too. They're all like talking about you. And I'm just like, you know what, man? I think we need to talk to Crazy yeah. Habit on Lead Singer Syndrome. So uh, yeah. it's really good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Of course, of course, man. So, um, first time on the show, I, I always like to start off kind of at the beginning, um, whenever kind of music, you know, took hold of your life, because there's always a point in everyone's life where it's like music takes over, you know, whether it's, whether oh, you yeah, knew- there's, there's a point where music takes over and you know you want to do it. And then, I mean, the point I reached where it really, like, hit a a bad point and then shortly after that really consumed me was you were there i was there yeah you were there you know i was i was with the bless the fall guys on our first ever overseas uk tour and uh you know at the time we were we were still just really super young kids and yeah. really amped for the opportunity to go over there but we also were, were kids that grew up very differently in arizona they were they were from Scottsdale, which was like the more expensive side of town, and I yep. was from the from the cheap side of town. So once things started happening for our band, you know, you're in, you're in close quarters with dudes, and and I'm the guy that's hanging out with the fans and and having a beer in the living room with the fans' parents, and they're having the argument over who gets the outlet for their laptop. <laughs> right, I, right. You know, but I didn't own one, so you know. Plus, personal personal stuff was happening in my life. My my girlfriend at the time got pregnant after yeah. just being together for a year, so that was scary and confusing. And you know, I get out to the UK, and this was this was back when you know you weren't hooking up to Wi Fi with your cell phone. You had to get a calling card to call back home. Yeah, yeah. So you know, shit just got difficult for me. And I was I was old enough over there to drink, and I remember just being in being in my bunk on that bus with everybody and yeah we shared a, a bus water just so people know yeah we did yeah, we, shared yeah, we shared the bus and i'd be in the bunk with just a water bottle full of full of whiskey and you know didn't didn't really know what to do and i ended up ended up talking to the guys and they were like dude if you need to go home and handle stuff go home that turned into me leaving the tour which turned into them telling me they didn't want me to come back to the band which you know was their decision which is fine we, we get along now, you know? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I know it took a while. It did. It did take a while, but obviously they were left high and dry and yeah, you know, we all needed to grow up. We're just young kids and you know, within, within the next month I was flying out to Vegas and joining escape the fate. And that's really when, that's really when I had to make the decision. Like, you know what, dude, this really is something that consumes your life. And yeah, and you found I, I, had, I had so hand, many yeah. lucky. Yeah, I had so many lucky opportunities to bless the fall and, and gave it all up, and that didn't really change anything for me personally back at home. And I was very fortunate enough to have a second chance at it. And when yeah. I got that second chance, I was like, "Well, here, here it is." Yeah, man. I mean, that's, go for that's the thing. Like, like I remember, you know, we were there, we were on tour. Yeah, I was like, "This is 2007." 
yeah. And you know what's you know what's crazy about Batman is like I've been asked in interviews myself if I'd ever you know if you know I've been in Silverstein now for sixteen years. People always ask, "Oh, have you ever like just wanted to fucking like give it up? You know, like just walk out and go home." And I yeah. would say on that tour, man, was the most the closest I've ever been to doing that. Oh, that's crazy. So I don't know what it was, like if there's something in like some kind of vibe going on. Um yeah. because I look back now and I don't really know why. Like the shows were pretty good. I got along with everybody. I got along with you. I got along with all the the uh you know, we called you guys the the kids table. Because um, yeah. <laughs> you were that's a lot awesome. younger than us. Uh, at yeah. the time. I mean now it's like you're only I think you're only five or six years younger than me. But it's funny, like at that when you know, five or six years when, you know, you're like 18 and I'm 24 or whatever. Oh, yeah, dude, that's 20, a big difference. 26, yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah, it's a big difference. But, um, but yeah, man, I was super bummed out. I remember one show specifically, uh, I've never felt like, we were somewhere in the UK, I can't remember, some shithole town, and I ne- I've never felt worse, man. And I was like, as close as I've ever been to just being like, guys, I'm going home. And it's really, it really struck me, because you were still on the tour at that point, and it really struck me as interesting that you did it. And I never, t- I never talked to you about that before. Yeah, but I don't know if there's very, just some was something going on or some kind of vibe. I remember it was like December, you know, and you know, in Europe in December, yeah, it's it was like very, really it was depressing. very gloomy. It very was very gloomy. depressing. It was. I mean, I had personal stuff going on. We had just finished all of Warp Tour, which people were telling us horror stories while we were on the tour. Like, oh my god, I can't believe you guys are doing this in a van. Yeah. People, people say you break up once you do a whole warp tour in a van. Yeah, you break like, up, nah, or like if you're lucky to it. survive, like yeah. literally survive and not fucking crash and die. Like, yeah, I'm I, like, no, we're good to go. <laughs> so doing warp tour in the van, and then immediately going out of the country for the first time, and not yeah. having a way to get a hold of anybody back at home, it just, I don't know, it just eventually took its toll. Because that was, I, I still remember the tour pass of that tour. You guys had little flags for each country we were going to, and I. I honestly think within the past, I mean, if that was 2007, we're talking a decade ago. Almost, yeah. I don't think in the past 10 years I've done a tour over there, which clearly I've done a lot now. Yeah. But I don't think I've done a tour over there that was as long as the tour we did with you no, guys. No, it was long. Maybe it was too long, you know, in fact. Yeah, it was a, it was a very um, long one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's crazy looking back on all that stuff, man. But, like, it really does strike me. Like, you know, obviously we've had so much time... Uh, I mean, you have for sure, and and all the rest of the Bless the Fall guys have, and I have even to to look back and rethink it, and you know, and you can reflect back on your mistakes. And hindsight is twenty twenty, but it is really interesting to, that all everybody that was on that bus still has a career, um, and yeah. is still doing it, and is still doing pretty well. And I so I think yeah. that that's pretty cool that every, everyone was able to to sort of land on their feet. But I mean, you took such a big risk. I mean, doing like leaving that opportunity um you know before it started oh yeah was, you know you, you guys were right huge... on the cusp of blowing up and i don't know did you really understand that at that point i didn't you know at the time i was you know like i said i wasn't making any money our manager at the time um who is i'm, I'm sure you remember him Stuart taggart of i, I do, know yeah yeah i know they named the, the war stage in, after him yeah, for a rest while in peace, you know he's yeah sad yeah he, he was doing his thing, and, and you know, what people don't realize is it, it, it is very tough on the road, especially when you're surviving off of $5 a day per diem. Sure. It's not like I, I 
I hated to bless the fall guys, but you know, when they have debit cards that their parents put money on for them to eat and I don't have that, which is fine, you know, that they were fortunate enough to have that help and that's good for them. But you know, I didn't. So it was like trying to survive off the $5 a day, but then trying to split $2 and 50 cents to try to put to the side to send money home because I just had a kid of my own. It was, it was tough, dude. It was very, very tough. I can't imagine, you know, I don't have, I don't have kids and, and, uh, that, uh, I can't even believe, imagine being in that position. So finishing, finishing tours and, and coming home with no money and, and, you know, fighting with my ex's mom because I wasn't making anything and yeah. I was gone for eight months out of the year. It just, you know, it, it took its toll, man. And it just got to the point on that tour that I was like, guys, I don't, I don't know if I can do music. I don't know if I can do it. And I didn't really see, you know, it, which sucks. It was, it was very unfortunate for me not to enjoy the, uh, the ride, you know, the, the uprising yeah. of the band and, and see that, you know, something real is happening here because I was just dealing with so much stuff and, uh, you know, maybe things would have been different. You know, they told me they'd support me going home and then ultimately they, they made the decision to move on without me, yeah. which, which is, which is fine. You know, I'm still here doing my thing. They're doing their thing. I just saw them at, uh, that, so what music fest in Texas yeah, yeah. and, and we were all having drinks together, which is something I never thought would happen because they were completely against it ten years ago. They were, they were. That's that yeah. is a really a really funny thing too. Is how, um, and I, I had a conversation kind of like this with, um, uh, I think it was Spencer from Under Oath, and, and he was talking about how when you're a young band, um, a lot of bands they don't really have like a personal identity among their members. Like everyone's kind of the same dude. Yeah. And, I would say that you definitely already had maybe because of some of the hardships, you know, you say you're a military kid and, and the traveling you did, you'd already sort of figured it out a little bit more. Like you were a little more mature, um, yeah. than the other guys. In, in some aspects, in some, you know, in some aspects, <laughs> yeah, in, some, in aspects. some aspects, I think, I think because I was more mature that you thought I, you knew things. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. Mentally, I thought I knew different things. And I think because I was a little more mature than that caused me to, do immature things right. that people don't really do until they're a little bit older. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what yeah, the hell but, am I doing at 19 years old drinking Jack out of a water bottle? Like Jesus kid, like what is wrong with you? That's true. You know? That's true. But, well, so, you know, we were all sharing a drink together and I, I just remember like taking a photo for Instagram and, and begging Eric, which I, I, every time I talk to the guys now, because it's getting to that, it's getting to that time where that his last walk album is 10 years old. Oh wow! And I, and I know it's cliche for bands to do stuff, but I have been telling the guys every single time I talk to them, they're probably so sick of hearing it. But I'm like, guys, we gotta do a tour, man. We gotta do a tour, at least one one hometown show. We gotta do it, yeah. Because you know that's you know that's where it all that's where it all started for us. We all started it together in the garage, and and that led us to all still have careers to this day. And I think it would be very fun to celebrate that you know when i see i do too when i see bands do it you know i saw under oath play in portland and uh for the for the rebirth tour and it was just just amazing to see them all up there together you know because you have aaron who had success with the almost and you know i became close to spencer when we toured uh australia together yeah and it was cool to see him do his thing with sleep wave and now back with under oath and you know, there's, there's just, it's, it's just great. It's, it reminds you of what the music's all about. It's like at the end of the day, even though there's all these horrible things that can happen, 
you know, the music is still there. The music still exists. And obviously we all have fans that, you know, they say, oh, your music changed my life or they have all these memories listening to our albums. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like you yourself as the musician have these memories because of that music. And it's cool to look back and reflect on that and remember the good times, you know? Absolutely. No, it's, it is, it is cool. I would, I would love to see that, especially being there, you know, with you guys and seeing, you know, I mean, you know, the original Bless the Fall lineup when you were singing, there was some magic there. Like, I'm not going to lie. There was something magical about the way you were able to command the stage. And, and there was a certain like uh, youth energy, you know, that, that, yeah. that was, that existed that I think is, it's not something you can like scientifically quantify. It just was there, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that would be really rad. And I mean, you should, you guys could do it, do like a, you got, you play the album with them and then, you know, Bo comes out and they do some of their greatest hits. Why not? Oh, I would love. I, I would you know, love to do that. Why not? That, man. It would I be, would love it. It would be super cool. I think people would would really enjoy it. And uh, you do it once, and that's it. You know, you don't have to ever do it again. And you know, everyone moves on, and it feels good about it. So that would be very, very cool if it's a yeah. Dude, I mean, you've you've definitely you've definitely went through it, and it's just weird to have a conversation and consider myself because I talk to a lot of bands now that uh, they remind me that I'm now a grandpa band almost, you know, like, Oh, it's so weird to think about, man. You guys have been around for 10 years. I'm like, what? I still feel like I'm a kid. Like I'm not, I'm going to be 30 soon, which yeah, like I'm a full, (laughs) full ass grown adult now, you know, but I definitely didn't think that I would be having a, like for instance, our headline tour at the beginning of the year for the newest album. I didn't think I would have a TM and a merch guy coming onto my crew that were going to tell me what got them into music in the first place was bless the falls, his last walk. And or escape the fates this war is ours, which is even crazier that that's that old because that's my second band. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know. And I'm like, oh my god, stop! Like this is this is awesome. This is humbling. This is really really cool. But damn, you're making me feel old. <laughs> you know I know. What I, mean? I know it's wild, man. It's wild like that. That stuff happens. You know, the first podcast I did was with Caleb from Beartooth, and you know, he, the guy's 22. He might be 23 now. You know, he's on his second full career, and he's 22. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, dude, I've seen that it's guy. It's insane, you know? Like, we took out Attack Attack on Escape the Fate's first headliner, and I've loved that dude ever since, but he was only 15 at the time playing yeah. keyboards for insane. that band. It's just so insane. And it's like, you know? to see him grow from just being the keyboard player to singing and producing very successful records for his second full-time band, and he's still only that young, it's like, damn, dude. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's completely crazy, but... Uh, yeah, man. No, it's uh, good things are ha- are happening, man. But one thing I got to ask you too, and, and I find this really like, I don't want to say funny, but it's just definitely like a one of those one of those things where, you know, you leave Bless the Fall or whatever happens, you join Escape the Fate. Bo comes in and replaces you. You're replacing Ronnie Radke, and it's almost like you and Bo are going through exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. Yeah. Did you feel like, how did you feel about that? You must've felt weird about a guy coming in and replacing you in, you know, your band, but at the same time you were doing the same thing to another guy. So how, how was that in your, like going on in your head at the time? Well, in my, in my head at the time, I was currently a little more upset 
because it, it took a while for, for obviously Ronnie to serve his time in prison and, and really come out and start saying stuff. You know, there was, yeah. there was a whole, this war is ours record that went down and yeah, he did a couple interviews from, from jail. But in, in the meantime, I was a little more bothered and upset by the telly thing, which it gets even more interesting how all right. of these people so are connected alive. because I, yeah. So I started, you know, I joined Escape the Fate. I did a This War Is Ours album. I was like, man, you know, releasing songs like Ashley and something and coming from a band that was, you know, definitely more Screamo-esque. I still wanted to do music like that. So I talked to a couple of local guys and put together a group called The Word Alive. And, you know, they were getting offers from record labels and they got an offer from Fearless. And I told them, look, Epitaph is interested yep. in us. But Epitaph is busy promoting this Escape the Face of War Czar's album. You guys got to wait, you know, a while. It's going to take some time because they don't want to promote two records at the same time. So, you know, they're going to do The Flood, which was the single we had out. And then they were interested in sending a contract for my other band, The Word Alive. And at that point, the guys were not comfortable with being considered a side project or having right. to wait for me right. to do my escape to fate stuff. So I remember being in the middle of a tour and, and having a friend call me and they're like, go check out your band's MySpace." And I couldn't log into it. So oh, I logged Jesus. into my personal one and checked it out. And it was like, word alive signs to fearless records, new singer telly. And I was like, wow. So you, so you got completely blindsided, completely blindsided by this band that I put together. So at the time I was, I was upset about that. And, and that really taught me a lot because Obviously, I replaced a guy that was very passionate about me replacing him. Everybody knows how <laughs> how much that how much that went. So yeah. you know, I was I was trying to be humble, trying to do what was best for the band that I joined, trying to please their fans. Dealing with this guy being completely nasty with me, dealing with completely being blindsided by Telly. So when it came to Bo, for instance, being a bless the fall, and me still absolutely loving those guys and being a fan of what they write, I remember going on to like MySpace pages and stuff like that and people arguing and just sticking up for Bo and being like, dude, leave the guy alone. You know, you need to support him. I tried doing the complete opposite of what was being done to me. Well, that's good because a lot of people yeah. would, wouldn't have that sort of foresight, especially how young you were and how, you know, yeah, that's that's pretty noble of you. I'm sure you don't I'm sure yeah, you have so some I, fun thoughts I tried, of that. Yeah, I tried back. doing tried doing my best to, to yeah. make sure they they supported him and I think that that in turn made it so that we could all still have a relationship with each other I, and then I remember being on the This War is Ours headliner the first US headliner with Escape which Attack Attack was on <laughs> and I remember getting a phone call from Jared and he's like hey me and the guys want to come see you and they walk into the green room and they're like where's the drinks so I was like what this is crazy <laughs> and I, yeah. I remember I remember at that moment I was like well why why can't i just can we still be in a band or what they're like no because <laughs> it did take them it did take them a while to uh there was a mo there was a conversation that me mike frisbee yeah who's not with them anymore they yeah. got elliot now who's a who's a great guy um and i if it wasn't eric it was matt but they showed up to a word alive show that i was performing locally in phoenix and i had just finished recording the swarzars and they sat me in the car and they showed me some new Bless the Fall stuff. And they're like, if you want back in. I remember Stuart called me too. He's like, wow. congrats. Congrats. The boys want you back. And I'm like, dude, I just signed the Epitaph. I just did a record with John Feldman. Like, it's, it's too late. I cannot, 
I can't do that to this new yeah. group of guys. Right. Like that's going to give me a horrible name in the industry. Like this label just spent money on this record. And I remember that's the moment where I was like, I'm sorry dudes. And then thank God Bo lived, he was with a band called take the crown and he yeah. lived with a girl that worked at the label. Bless the fault was on at the time. They're like, give this guy a go. And they went for it. And I loved that first, al- that first album with Bo. I yeah. still jam that shit. Crazy man, it's so crazy that you know. And I, I remember talking to Telly too, you know, him saying that I think there was a point when he was almost in Bless the Fall, too. He told yeah, me that he basically was like they kind of said to him, "Hey, if you want the gig, fly to like fly to um, wherever they were. I guess Phoenix. I guess he was in, not in Phoenix. He's in San Diego or something. Uh, fly to Phoenix right now, and and you know, and you're in the band. And he, it was the same thing with him. Like, you know, it's too late." Because I guess they had a lot of trouble finding, um, finding any, finding somebody, you know. Yeah, uh, there was a point in time I remember Eric telling me he's like, "I think I'm just going to go back to school." Because Eric was the youngest member, and I, I was like, "Damn, dude." Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want you guys to do this. Like you, you deserve it. You guys are great. You're a great band. And I remember when I remember hearing a demo of Telly singing, singing a "Bless the Fall" song, and then Telly was playing bass for uh Greeley estate <laughs> i know yeah that's that whole thing too <laughs> so wild man that yeah. phoenix that phoenix scene though um uh, it's it's insane you know yeah that How, phoenix uh, scene at that time was a lot of inner workings a lot of people a lot of a lot of bands that are still you know still out there which very is incest- very very incestuous, yes yeah i said to kill still out there they, yeah. they were around they were a little local band at the time that we were trying to do it there's well, a lot of good bands that were coming there, out of Phoenix. There was. I was talking to um, uh, uh, Brian uh, Dales from um, Somerset too, and and we came to the conclusion that the reason there's so many good bands from Arizona is because it's too fucking hot outside. No one goes outside. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just stays in their in their house and plays, practices guitar or drums yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and it was a very it was a very tight knit community, and I I owe it to. Uh, at the time, it was Tim Harmon who did Hour Zero Records, and I, I think maybe he shot. You guys a couple times, maybe. He, sorry, he's a, what does he do? Tim Harmon. I don't know that. I don't think I know Tim Harmon. No, no. Huh, I could have sworn that he did some photos for you guys. Oh, oh photos. Oh, oh shit. yeah. I Tim mean, Harmon photography. You know maybe, maybe. I'm. I'm kind he of. Did a, like I'm kind a, of the worst, to be honest. Let me let me think of. Sorry, think Tim. Of a good if, photo if, if I know you, <laughs> if I know you really no, well, I'm sorry. He did. Uh, he did like the Chiodos. AP cover where they were all in the oh, yeah. American Apparel boxer yeah, briefs. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, do you remember that one? I do yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I owe it a lot to him. He he promoted a lot of shows and did a lot of photos, and it, it became a tight knit family. It was like the main scary kids, Greeley Estates, Bless the Fall, We're Live, I Said to Kill, um, the Bled, Lydia, the Bled. I know there's a lot more. Stiletto oh, Formal. Yeah. Goodbye so, tomorrow. So many, so many bands. There's, so there's a lot there. back then. Yeah. Yeah. For the size of the city, it's, you know, it's really only one city. I mean, I guess Tucson too, like the blood's from Tucson, but you know, it's not like uh, that huge an area. So yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's cool when that stuff happens um, in a scene like that. And, and, you know, you guys had a good local scene too, which, which, you know, doesn't happen everywhere. You know, we had oh, one no, in Toronto it definitely too, doesn't. but, but in, I remember back then the local bands, still being local and playing shows with just other local bands, not even national bands. And there was a show every year called show of the year, which would just be a bunch of local bands together and it would sell out the marquee theater, which is, which is one of the only 
venues left from back then still in Arizona. Yeah, and that's a big so, venue. Know, that's like a 1,400-cap venue or something, isn't it? I mean, yeah, so to have, it was have then, local yeah. bands be able to do it was like, insane. damn. You know? Totally insane and totally awesome. That's great, man. Now, what a wild ride to where you are. But um, hey, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Craig Mabbitt. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to check out SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. And as all the listeners of this show know, I'm a huge sports fan, especially this time of year with the Blue Jays. You know, the Blue Jays had such a great run last year. And SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or a concert. I have the SeatGeek app right on my phone, and just the other day I needed to get some last-minute Blue Jays tickets, and what makes SeatGeek better than all the other websites is it takes all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. What it does is it pulls all the tickets available on every other site into one place, so you never miss a deal. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value, so you can immediately find the best deals, the best underpriced seats. And what else I like about it is they have super detailed maps of all the venues, so you can really see the view from your seat, exactly what you're going to see when you get to the concert or you get to the game. But my favorite part is that SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Like StubHub, you never really know at the end what the full ticket price is going to be. But SeatGeek, they show you the full ticket price right from start to finish, and there's never any surprises or huge fees at checkout. Now, the listeners of my show get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code, and enter the promo code SHANE. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made the first ticket purchase. Once again, I know you guys are going to concerts, I know you guys are going to games, so please check it out. It's a free 20 bucks. Download the free SeatGeek app, settings tab, promo code, Shane, boom, right there. SeatGeek will send you $20 right after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code Shane today. You know, now you've been with Escape the Fate as your main gig for, how long has it been now? I mean, we're talking about a better part of a decade uh, yeah, you know, you're talking about how the you're end the, of 2007 is when I officially joined. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, almost 10 years now. So, um, what's going on next with you guys? I know you guys have a record. You're taking some time off. Um, so, what what is coming up? Yeah, we have uh, the owner of our label that runs Eleven Seven. Um, we're getting a lot of ads on our next single, which is called "Remember Every Scar." Like radio so ads. You, yeah, radio ads. Cool. So he really wants to work that over the summer, and we're looking to do a big support tour in the fall. Just because our only option this summer was to headline, yeah, and we we just feel like we've we've been headlining way too much. So take some time off, work the single, work on some new music, um, just so we have some stuff ready cool. going into going into next year. That's great. And then, uh, you know. You know, I was just talking to you earlier about wanting to do a His Last Walk tour for that album. But the following year, it's a 10-year anniversary for This War Is Ours. So me and the guys are talking about putting that tour together. Absolutely. And doing, doing that album front to back. So Yeah, man. Well, it's the a 10 very, year thing, very interesting, crazy time. The 10-year thing is, is interesting. You know, I, we touched on a little bit earlier. But, like, you know, Silverstein, we did it for Discovering the Waterfront. Um, uh-huh. And at the time, we planned it. 
it hadn't really quite been a thing that everybody was doing. Like I, I think we modeled ours kind of most after like the Taking Back Sunday, Tell All Your Friends, uh, yeah. ten year tour. That was kind of where we sort of. If we stole the idea, that's where we're, that's kind of where we stole it from. And I think Jimmy Eat World had done one for like Clarity or something. There's a Phoenix band, uh, yeah, probably the best Phoenix band ever. But uh, in my opinion, yep. uh, <laughs> so you know there'd been those tours, but we did it. And now you're right; it's like almost become. It's almost went from cool to cliche to like cool again. Yeah, and, and you know now like it's almost like if you don't do it, people are like, well, why wouldn't you do it? Because yeah, like, it's, hey, dude, it's ten years this year. Where's the tour? Yeah, it's like starting to be expected. It is, and it's in a way though. It's like kind of cool, and I mean, I'll tell you, man. Like, I didn't know at first like what it was going to be like, but you know, from personal experience, I can tell you, man. Like, when everyone in the room knows what the next song is going to be, instead of that being predictable and boring, it's actually really exciting. Because everyone, oh, yeah. is, so, I, I everyone is so hyped, is so amped and excited about that next track. Um, you know, like this track finishes like, oh shit, you know what's next? Like to their buddies, the energy in the room is like unbelievable. So I, I totally recommend the 10 year thing. I think you should. Yeah, do I it. mean, that Under Oath show I went to, they did. Right, yeah. Um, they're only chasing safety and to find the great line back to back. And it was the greatest show I've ever seen. Yeah, I know. I saw it in Toronto too. It was amazing. And there's just, I mean, it it seems like everybody and their mother has a band that that plays shows. And, you know, it it does get difficult from a fan's side of things to choose what show you want to go to. So I feel like something that's special like that, that isn't just, you know, another run of the mill, hey, here's a tour with these bands. Yep. Um, Something that has some, something special behind it, like a 10 year anniversary tour, that that brings more people out. That's right, man. Just just for that. It becomes an event. Rather yeah. than just a, another show, and and you're you're absolutely right. Um, you guys are out with Hell Yeah right now, is that right? Yes, sir. How is that? It is cool. I I have to stop myself every day from from asking any questions Nerding. pertaining to Mudvayne or Pantera. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Vinny, Vinny Paul. Um, yeah, Pantera for sure is is I mean one of the greatest drummers of all time, metal drummers of all time. I would say it's actually funny. I was in. Um, I was in Dallas last week for a couple days hanging out, and I went to Dimebag Daryl's grave. Uh, oh, crazy! I'd never, yeah, I'd never been before. It's kind of it's kind of off the beaten path. It's in Arlington, but I was out uh-huh. there. Uh, I was out there and saw a ball game, so um, so I was able to go. And I actually have a kind of kind of a crazy story about when Dimebag died. Um, it was around it was kind of around Christmas time, and I went down to Buffalo and I was like shopping at a mall. And I went to. Have you ever been to Mighty Taco in Buffalo? I have. <laughs> it's like I it's have. kind of like the worst food. It's like so bad it's good. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm at a Mighty Taco in in, in Buffalo. I'm going there for lunch. I walk in and like there's a That's window cool. when I walk in the in the place like and there's a garbage can like where you throw out your tray. So I look in the window and I'm like, is that fucking dime bag? And I'm just like, what? I was, yeah. And I was like, I looked, looked at my um, my girlfriend. I was like, I think that's not, I think that's not it. She's like, what? So like, who's Dimebag? I'm like, you don't know who Dimebag? What? What Dimebag? <laughs> and I, I walk in, um, I walk in, and then Vinnie Paul comes right out. I'm just like, I can't breathe. I'm like, <gasps> and uh, yeah. and they all come back, come by, and and I like hold the door for for Dimebag Daryl, and he he walks through, and I'm just like, holy shit! I just saw Dimebag Daryl. 
at a Mighty Taco, and I didn't stop talking about it for like two hours. You know, my That's girlfriend awesome. at the time is like, "Shut the fuck up." Anyways, um, well, it's it's not awesome because uh, two days later, I was driving to band practice, and I heard Cemetery Gates on the radio, and um, didn't was surprised they were playing that song on the radio because it's not like a radio song that you ever hear. You know, sometimes you hear like "Walk" on the radio, but never Cemetery Gates. And uh, I get to band practice, and I'm like, it reminded me of seeing him. So I walk in band practice. I say to Neil, I say, uh, hey, man, you'll never guess who I saw like at, at Mighty Taco in Buffalo. I saw Dimebag Daryl. And he's like, what? Dude, didn't you hear the news? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, oh, he, was, man. he was shot last night in Columbus on stage. Ugh. I thought they were fucking with me. Yeah. Uh, so that was like pretty crazy that I that I saw him literally day. I don't know if it was two Dude, or three days that's before. that's one of the... It's one of the craziest stories in our industry, and and despite all that, and despite how long they've been a band, and how long they've been touring, and how you know legendary some of the members' stories are, you know, like Vinnie yeah. Paul, for instance. Yeah, nicest band, like nicest headlining band, especially from like the radio realm, which is kind of a different realm than like the Warp Tour scene. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Definitely did not expect them to be so down to earth and so humble. From from the members of the band down to the crew, yeah. Just like, hey, you guys need anything? You want something? Hey, come on. We played a festival together like about two weeks ago, and it's like, come on over. You guys are on tour with us. Uh, Vinny's gonna be barbecuing. We go over there. Vinny's barbecuing. He he bought all the barbecue and stuff just out of pocket, just sharing sharing drinks, sharing food, and uh, you know, every day it's just they they make you feel super super welcome. And then the fact that they're just super talented at the same time. I mean, I've never actually seen them live before this tour and they are super tight yeah no it's it's it is a beautiful thing you know because especially when there's that generation gap you know like i mean i'm not saying that you guys are i mean you guys are obviously like you know now people are calling you veterans which is always funny because it's like all of us you're the young band and then all of a sudden you're the old band it's like when the fuck were we just the average age band yeah, you know, exactly. like that, that, that just slips away somehow. But you know, you it guys does. being you guys being you know in your late twenties, thirties, those guys are in like probably their fifties. You know, yeah, yeah. So for them to still have passion for music and just passion of you know of being on tour, you know, enjoying it uh, is is a special thing. And you never know what you're going to get. Like I won't name names, but I've had older bands just be fucking total dicks. Oh yeah, you know, yep. and and it's really, really. Is I've a good had thing. older bands. I've had younger bands. I've 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 played with local bands. And I'm like, <laughs> are you are you serious? <laughs> oh, I get it when the local <laughs> bands are dicks because they they don't get it. You know, they just yeah. don't get it, and they think they're entitled. So I I laugh. I just laugh my ass off at the. At it's those crazy bands. that they think they're entitled because I'm sure you came from the same, you know, period of time that I came from. When I started, obviously, MySpace was a big thing that helped out bands a lot. Yeah, but. I mean, you've been doing it so long. I remember seeing videos on TRL, I believe. Yeah, sure. I think so. On MTV, you yeah, know? Absolutely. And so it's like, you definitely did the struggle of needing to go sell tickets. And I remember going to the mall and and just trying to hustle and sell enough tickets at the show. And there back then, the promoters wouldn't even let you play the show unless you sold X amount of tickets. Oh, that's and dirty. Then, I hate that stuff. Yeah, you know, once you worked your ass off and sold those tickets, you definitely didn't show up to that national touring band show and acted like a dick so it's like (laughs) i can't believe how entitled some of these you know younger bands are with 
with everything they have to, to promote themselves without having to do as much grunt work. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It is. It is easier. I think it's harder too because there's just so much out there you have to cut through. Exactly. But, it's, but, it's easier in the way that to try to get your name out there, but it's harder to break through just the the all of it. Absolutely. There's just so much of it now, you know. I know. I know, man. Absolutely. Uh, so this is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast, um, and some of our listeners are very into the technical stuff. Um, uh-huh. they, you know, they like to know about what you do for warming up, what you do for, uh, if you have any specific techniques or whatever, or what you do when you're not feeling so well. I know, I remember Ashley told me that you, uh, you gave her the, was, was it you that gave her the gummy bear trick? Is that your I thing? I did. I did tell her about the gummy bear trick. Yeah. Bye. Which, which oh, now yeah. I'm hearing. <laughs> a, oh, she's she there. Says hi. Oh, yeah. Hey Ashley, how are you? <laughs> she says, how are you? doing very well and i really liked our podcast i know wasn't it fun i loved listening back to it it was awesome we'll do it again yeah but um yeah i did the gummy bear trick it's it's just when you're feeling kind of kind of sore the glycerin from the gummy bears can sort of coat coat your throat and, and help you get through it so i melt the gummy bears in hot water yeah uh, i put a throat coat in there um some honey some lemon if there's ginger around that helps out a lot yeah and then i i always usually i top it off with a little bit of whiskey but um, now that I'm getting older, it's like this tour, for instance, I have been drinking O'Doul's. Oh, good for you, man. <laughs> so, you know, take it, taking a, taking a step back from it. Cause as you get older, you definitely, uh, you definitely feel the good times a lot more. And, and when you're feeling the good times the next day, it's not a good time. No, no, <laughs> you know? no, no, no. I, I started getting this thing in my thirties, uh, and maybe it's going to start happening to you. It's basically just a straight up two day hangover. Where like yeah. you're hungover, you have kind of a rough day. You'll start feeling a little bit better at the end of the day, but then the next day when you even you don't drink the whole day, the next day when you wake up, you feel like hungover still. Yep, that's the worst, dude. That's like so that's not it's not it's not fun, and then it's not fun no. on stage trying to get through nope. the show. And absolutely it's like, not, no, nope. dude. I can't even function now. It's like it's time to grow up a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you had a bit of a time on Warp Tour too. Maybe we'll. Yeah, (laughs) I think you missed a show. I think I remember that happening. I did. I missed one show on Warp Tour, which that was so dumb of me to do. (laughs) There was this this dude that had uh, he was going around and had what? What did he call it? I don't know. It's the it's the marijuana stuff that's like oil or wax or something like like that, like hash oil kind of stuff, or like yeah, edible. it wasn't an edible. It was like a jar of jelly almost that was just oh, straight up weed. And he's like, yeah, this is really, really strong stuff. You want to try it? And I'm not, I'm not much of a, of a smoker. I don't smoke cigarettes. I, I very rarely like smoke weed. Um, but with it becoming more and more popular and more and more legalized, I yeah. guess is a good word to use. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I'm like, sure, cool. You know, some of my other guys were there. They're like, "Yeah, let's let's eat a little bit of it and have a movie night on the bus." I'm like, "You know what? That sounds great." <laughs> and he's the guy's like, "Yeah, just stick your finger in and take some." Apparently, you're only supposed to do like a dab on your finger. I stuck my finger in that jar and just <laughs> scooped it out. Yeah, just scooped it out. I'm like, "All right, cool." I remember watching the movie and reaching a point at night where I was like, "You know what? I'm actually kind of tired, so I'm gonna go to bed." And it didn't hit me until I was being shaken awake by my tour manager and he's like you guys are on first today oh and i i could dude i couldn't even talk 
I was like, uh, 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 like my my eyes were. I never want to feel that way ever again in my this whole life. This is the next life. day. Still, this is the next day. I oh woke my up. God, and it was that's like, awful. I couldn't walk. It took at least an hour for my eyes to even open and adjust to seeing things properly. It was. It was the worst. It was yeah, the freaking worst. Dude, so yeah. our TM runs up to the office and he's like, hey, they can't go on first today. Craig's really sick. I was like, dude, just give me some water. I'm, I'm going to be able to perform. I can do this. I just, I can barely, I couldn't even talk. He's like, you can't go on stage right now. And uh, they did that and we got in big trouble and didn't end up playing that day. And I felt like a huge idiot. <laughs> But <laughs> well, hey, thanks for the story. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great story. And I know, I think at the time, maybe you weren't so forthright with that information. But uh, yeah, you know, especially when people are telling you, oh, yeah, you guys are like the old band now. You're like, no, we're still young and cool. And you, <laughs> you make dumb decisions like that. You're like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, I'm no. not a kid. I took, I took a month off drinking earlier this year. Uh, I didn't drink for the whole month of January. I did the whole 31 days. And uh, yeah. it was good for me, I think. You know, it's good. It for is me. really good. I only I only do it when I'm on the road. It's very rare that I am going out and drinking or, or hanging out with anybody when I'm home. Yeah. So when I'm home, I just I just spend most of the time with my kids or playing some video games, and I, there's really no desire there. I think I think it's very difficult when you're a traveling band to really find something that can keep you occupied while you're waiting for that 30 minutes to an hour that you actually yeah. are playing on stage. You know what I mean? It's like, what are, you, what are you doing with the rest of your day? I know. Well, hey, man, that's, and that's the thing. Like, you know, there's the cliche rock star drug addict, you know, thing, which, you know, when you do it as long as you've done it and I've done it, you start to understand how that can happen, you know? Well, um, of course. And, and it, you have to teach yourself moderation. Yeah. And something, something I've been learning, especially just recently in the past two, three years, is you know and, and hopefully people listening to this can really can really take this advice it's okay to say no yeah yeah you know because that's my other problem is i love going out there and meeting fans and i love going out there and hanging out and you know you reach that age especially this tour with hell yeah it's like hey can i get you a drink can i get you a shot within 10 minutes you're five shots deep and you're getting carried out of the venue and it's not it's not a fun thing no. it doesn't feel good you don't feel good the next day but it's like, it's well, you okay find, to tell somebody, hey, you know, thank you so much for the offer, but no, I'm good. And you got to you know, find it's, your, it's okay. you got to find your boundaries, you know, what you're okay with. And, and yeah, you have to kind of stick up for yourself when, you know, with, with what's right for you. And I think that that is something people struggle with. Like the idea of peer pressure when you're in your like, you know, when you're 29 or whether you're 35 like me is, it seems ridiculous. I'm sure it'll seem ridiculous to younger people listening, but that doesn't go away, man. Like that peer pressure is a real thing your whole life, you know? There is a a social, um, you know, pressure of things and you have to learn, you know, your boundaries and when to say no. And I I totally, totally agree with you on that. Yeah. It took me a long time to figure that out, especially with the whole Las Vegas bad boy persona that this band I joined had. You know, and obviously you were there when I was with my old band. I was already having those problems, struggling yeah. with those problems. And then I joined this band that's that's looked at as hard partiers. It was like, all right, I need to live up to this. And it Damn. did. It, it it took me on a dark path for for a long time and I'm I'm lucky to have had the success and still have the career that I have today. Yeah, absolutely. But it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, some of those ex members of your, some of those ex members of your band are lucky to be alive, to be honest with you. 
You know, oh yeah. I mean, I I know oh, yeah. I I'm not gonna gonna fucking air anyone's stories or anything, but I know I've heard. You know, I'm on the inside. I hear things, and I know some fucking oh, crazy shit. I've been shit, there. I've been there, know, and that that drove me. That drove me personally to end up being the same guy that I was when I was in the UK, disappearing by myself and going to the bar because I didn't want to be around that shit. But right. it's like at the time I had just joined this band, so who am I to tell these people how to live their life and? Of course. You know, who am I to who am I to say you, you shouldn't be doing that and eventually now we've weeded out the badness and the camaraderie and just the band as a whole as a group. It's like I, I look forward to leaving on tour now. You know, yeah. it's like an exciting, fun thing. We can all go out and grab food together. We can all hey man, let's go see a movie. It's not like just these super strong I mean, it, every ex member of this band has gone on to want to be a lead singer, so that should tell you something. It's just like <laughs> so all, even, the, even, the non, even the non-lead singers in the band had lead singer syndrome. Yeah, you know, definitely. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard this from people that have worked for the band crew-wise. I've heard this from the other members. I've heard this from other bands. You know, we call New Year's Day right now our best friend band because we've just been touring with them for so long. Yeah. I've heard it from a bunch of them. They're like, you're the most non-lead singer, lead singer we've ever met. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> I guess that's cool. I think that's cool. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. You, you have, I want to talk about you kind of like as an as a onstage persona because um, I've been talking a lot about this to lead singers and, and stuff and I want to get your take. Like, you know, you seem like a generally pretty social dude. You know, would you say that your personality, like when you talk to me or when you talk to your family or when you talk to, you know, your girlfriend or when you talk to, you know, fans is the same as kind of all the time? Or do you think that you have to kind of turn it on or turn it off? Like when you're in the singer, you know, role? Um, no, I think, I think I'm pretty much the same. Yeah. When I'm talking, when I'm talking to anybody about anything, I think, I don't know. I'd, I'd say the only times that it feels like I'm being dishonest or like trying to talk about something uh, over the course of my career is when I'm talking about a song I don't necessarily like, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like a single for the band. I'm like, right. yeah, it's, it's uh, really stoked on it, and <laughs> yeah, really it's funny. gonna be great. You know, that's that's probably the only time I've. I've had to fake it. I yeah, guess. I don't. I don't think yeah. I mean. I don't think I quite mean fake it. I just mean like, I'll talk to a lot of lead singers that that are you know they'll call themselves like introverts. You know, they'll they'll say you know I'm, oh, I'm yeah, a quiet know, I'm a quiet I know a guy. Bunch of people like that, and yeah. then they get on stage and they're just like breathing fire. You know, and and it's it's it would be hard to say that that's being dishonest. You know, but but it, but you're a lot like me in that way that that I'm just the same guy all the time. And uh, yeah. and I just like to to ask people this that because I get that all the time where people are like yeah no I'm kind of like quiet and introverted and then I don't know when I get on stage just like something comes over me you know um, yeah I, th- so. I think that's a great thing too I know a lot yeah. of singers that are very introverted like that and it's 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 crazy to see them do that and that really shows you how much of an outlet music can be for people you for know sure for sure you have these you have these front men out there that in their personal lives or, or how they are as a human being, they're very just quiet to themselves and they have this outlet where they seem larger than life once they get on stage. And I'm obviously the fans enjoy it. And I'm sure for, for those singers that are like that as people, it's great for them to be able to get that out on exactly. stage. Exactly. You know? man. Exactly. That's no, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much, to, I don't have too much else. Um, Thanks so much for doing this, man. Um, anything else you want to add or talk about? 
Um, well, I mean, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm more than, more than willing to hop on whenever you want to have me. Uh, yeah, thanks to whoever's would, listening. Would love to have you. Thanks so much for the stories about the old days and clarifying stuff. Uh, that's super, super interesting for all the listeners too that have heard. You know, they've heard Telly, they've heard Bo. You know, for anyone listening, go back and check out those episodes. It's very, very, very interesting to hear it. You know, from the horse's mouth, uh, and that's you, Craig. You're the horse. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, dude. You got my number, so keep in touch. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Have a great tour. Enjoy Fort Wayne, Indiana as much as you possibly ever could. Yes, and, I will. Uh, I'll try my hardest. Enjoy your cabin trip. Oh, I will. Yeah, yeah. Say hi to Ashley for me again, too. Have a great, great day, man. All right. Thank you, brother. All right. Take care, Craig. You too. Bye. So there it is, my conversation with Craig Mabbitt. Always great catching up. I got to be honest, though. Back in 2007, when he left that tour, I was pretty pissed. I was really pissed. But it's fine. You know, I understand now he was going through a very hard time, and it is great to see him still doing so well with Escape the Fate. I'm actually going to leave you with a Bless the Fall song from their first album with Craig singing on it. Just so you, if you guys haven't checked it out, you can kind of hear what Craig was like with Bless the Fall. So here it is. Guys Like You Make Us Look Bad by Bless the Fall featuring Craig Mabbitt on the vocals on Lead Singer Syndrome. Thanks a lot. Don't forget to check out SeatGeek. Get that free 20 bucks. We'll see you next Monday. Peace and love.